How do I do my taxes? What's a credit limit? Where can I find a doctor? When's the best time to move? Who can I ask about all this? And why wasn't I taught how to be an adult? Hi, I'm Kathy. And I'm Genevieve. And, and we're, we're just, just as lost as you are. Come along with us as we journey through the weird, confusing, and sometimes scary world of adulthood. Every week, we'll talk with experts and those who have been there, done that, to answer your questions and ours. And on this edutainment podcast, we'll finally learn how to be an adult. So come on. Enjoy, enjoy the, the Society, society of, of Grown-Ups. Hi, grown-ups. What is up, listeners? It's me, Kathy. And I'm Genevieve. We are your hosts. We are so glad you're here. Uh, <laughs> makes us feel a little less lonely because we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, when we're on this, we're just speaking into the void. So Kathy had to close her window real quick. <laughs> Yeah, the beauty of living next to the RCMP um, and a fire station. For our for our non-Canadian listeners, that's the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Did I get it? Yes. Yes, yes you did. Oh, yes. they're the you ones are on an the honorary horse. Canadian. Thank you. Um, they're called the they're the Mounties for that's what people back home call them. By the way, yeah. people in the States, at least the ones I've countered, think all cops in Canada are that. No, they're not. <laughs> I know they're not, but that's what everyone thinks. And it's really funny. Yeah. What's new? Okay. You have been rubbing off on me lately, actually. <gasps> I have been getting into cr- true crime podcasts. What are you watching or listening to? I just started listening to True Crime Society. Ooh, I don't okay. Know I haven't, I've never listened to that one. Oh, they're so good. Literally they're putting them in so my podcast good. app right now. Hang on. Yes. And uh, I would love your recommendations as well. Um, I've I've been more of like a podcast mood, which is yeah. so funny because I'm a podcaster, but I have been more in a podcast mood over a music mood when I'm doing my commutes. I I I like that too. I personally like podcasts during uh commutes and uh non-driving commutes and when I'm doing things around the house. And then yeah. if I'm driving, I'm good for music. I don't know why, because I guess when you're driving, you don't need a distraction as much because you're actively doing it. Whereas if you're on the yeah. bus or the subway, you're kind of just sitting or standing there. Uh, exactly. So but I yeah. also feel like I clean better when I listen to a podcast yes. or even lo- like, I feel like I clean better with lo-fi music. Okay. Or a podcast in the background. Nice. The nice, lo-fi yeah. is actually made to help you focus. Really? Yes. Like it, okay. I, don't, I don't really know the kind of the intricate, intricacies in why it does Mm -hmm. but it does it helps you study better it helps you sleep like all of those things it's great for cleaning as well so if you have trouble focusing lo-fi got it noted trying to think what else has been going on it's been very cloudy here in toronto i'm annoyed because i don't mind clouding if it's cloudy if it's raining i actually really like rainy days but it's just cloudy so it looks gross out um, I we feel were supposed that. to, we were supposed to get a shit ton of rain and it just never came, but yeah. So other than that, my mom visited last weekend. That was really fun. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, packing big adult moves. What else? Yeah. Not well, the Oscars are on this Sunday. Oh my God. I forgot. I'm actually having an Oscar party. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you are. I Genevieve am. throws the most fun Oscar parties. Thank you. Uh, they're like my Super Bowl. I get very intense. I'm excited. <laughs> uh, all my friends coming. We have some surprises. There will be a red carpet. It's just, it's, I'm very, very excited. 
Um, I have no other way to segue this. So our guest today is a woman. She's amazing. I'm a huge fan. So uh, she is here today to talk all about creating a spiritual practice, spotting scammers and red flags when you're going to look for a spiritual reading and just tarot and astrology and just cool shit. And she's great. Uh, she has been an intuitive reader for over 30 years. She's an educator, both on her Patreon. And she also teaches private yoga classes. She is the author of many books, two of which I personally have. I'm literally reading run right now. She's been featured in in style <laughs> refinery 29 and Huffington post. And she's also, this woman does a lot. She's a podcaster with two podcasts, astrology bites and tarot bites, teaching you all the ins and outs of tarot and astrology. Please welcome to the show, Teresa Reed, AKA the tarot lady. Sure, my name is Teresa Reed, but I'm better known as the Tarot Lady. And I've been a professional tarot reader for over 30 years. And I'm also the author of many books and more on the way. Uh, my latest book was uh, Tarot No Questions Asked, Mastering Narrative Intuitive Reading, and also Tarot for Kids, a tarot deck that I created with the artist Kaylee Whitman. So those are my latest projects. I'm also a podcaster. I have an educational tarot podcast called Tarot Bites and an educational astrology uh, podcast called Astrology Bites. So I got a lot going on. You definitely, you definitely do. do. Yeah. Oh, Genevieve, you owe me a soda. <gasps> Give me Jinx. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I'll send you, I'll send you a soda all the way to Vancouver. Sound good. Please do. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you first became tarot slash astro curious when you were 15. What got you interested in it? Well, what got me interested in it, first of all, I'm a very nosy, curious person by nature. Uh, I'm always wanting to learn about this or that, but I had a friend in high school who had a mother that was an astrologer and her mother, it was just one of those weird things, you know, cause I grew up in a rural area, small town, very rural, but she happened to have a mother who was into psychology. Uh, she was a pianist and she also was an astrologer. So she did my chart. And when she did my chart, it made a lot of damn sense to me. So that was that was like my intro to all things metaphysical. And I ended up uh, getting a tarot deck on one of the times when we were at the mall and I was at the bookstore looking for astrology books. And I saw a tarot deck and you know, like most people, we've seen tarot in popular culture in the movies. And I'm like, oh my God, I have to take this thing home. And so I took it home and that started my love affair with tarot. So it all came through astrology. Was there a lot of, I guess, information back then? Obviously there wasn't the internet or anything like that. And I feel like tarot and astrology is just becoming more mainstream in the last couple of years. So was it difficult to have this like thirst for knowledge, but not be able to learn as much as you can today? It was so hard. We're talking, when I got into it, I mean, I'm almost 60 years old. So this is like over 40 years ago. There was no internet, no inkling of that. And also I was in a rural area. I think if I would have been in a big city, it might've been a little bit different, but there was not a lot. There weren't as many decks as there are now. There weren't as many books and getting it was hard. If you had a metaphysical store in your neighborhood, you were lucky. If you had one of those hippie stores, they might've had things too. Uh, we didn't have any of that, you know? So I, mine was all very random, just happening to be in that bookstore. And it was just a regular bookstore. They were called Walden books. They don't have them anymore. They were like a small Barnes and Noble or like a small Borders books. And um, that's where I got the deck. And it was the only deck there. 
the metaphysical section was tiny. So if you wanted to get into this stuff, you had to really work for it. I didn't have a teacher. I didn't have access to anything. And that's one of the reasons why I love the internet is because uh, everything is so accessible now. And back then you had to hunt. But I will say this, you had to hunt. So that means you had to really want it. And I had a passion for it. And I wasn't going to let anything stop me from learning it. Once I started playing with those cards, I knew I had to learn them. Same with astrology. And so I was off on my wild goose chase for many years. And I'm glad it worked out that way for me because I had to do it the hard way. You had to really want it. I personally, like when I first got uh, learning. That was like, people learned to bake bread in, in the quarantine. People started Etsy shops. Mm -hmm. I started learning how to read tarot and dipped my toes into astrology. And I remember I was so overwhelmed by all the books and the decks. And it's, it's crazy. My friend got me a Disney villain tarot deck for Christmas, which is That's awesome. So cool. It's so cool. Shout out to Kristen. It was, it's great. I love it. It's really funny. Yeah. That's a good point. You really had to, you had to want it. So I guess what is tarot? What is astrology? What's spirituality for all the people that don't know? <laughs> well, this is, of course, my perspective. Other people have different perspectives. I tend to look at tarot and astrology as tools for conscious living, because I think that what they do is they show you how the energy around you is operating, and then you can operate better. I also have to say on my Instagram lives, it's about being prepared, not scared. I like knowing where I'm going. I like having an idea of who's around me and what their motives are. I don't like operating in the dark. And so tarot and astrology are tools like that. And they both work similar, but different. Tarot is basically 78 paper cards and you lay them out and you look at the patterns and you look at the stories that are unfolding and how they go together and where this is likely headed towards. And astrology, what we're doing is we are trying to understand the language of the stars and the stars on the day we're born give us an idea, a blueprint of who we are and what our potential is and what our potential problems are. And the transits of the stars in the sky at this time show how the energy is operating now and how it is impacting our chart. Uh, so we can figure out again, well, how do I navigate this stuff? So the whole thing is about, for me, navigation. I want to navigate. I want to figure things out. I want to know where I'm going. Uh, there is an anti-divination bias about tarot and astrology believe it or not. Uh, there's a lot of people who are like, look down on that. I'm old school. I'm into the divination part. And I don't look at divination like, oh my God, this is your future. Now you're screwed. It's like, okay, here's what's happening. Now let's figure it out. I was just talking on another podcast the other day. And I said, one of the things I like to say is I'm kind of like the Tim Gunn of tarot and astrology. It's also about making it work. You know, it doesn't matter if you've got a good chart. It doesn't matter if you have bad aspects. It doesn't matter if you get all the great cards or if you get every difficult card, all that matters is, okay, now you're aware, what are you gonna do with this? And as far as spirituality, I think spirituality is really a very uh, personal thing. I don't think that you can really define that because it is so different for everybody. For some people, spirituality means belonging to a community and going to church. For other people, it might mean, well, I'm burning candles and I'm involved in a coven. For some people, it's a solitary thing where they're doing kitchen witchery or prayer or meditation or yoga. I mean, there's so many ways we can find spirituality. My husband finds it out in nature. So I don't think you could really put a definition on that. I think if I had to try to define it, I think spirituality is your way of connecting with something greater than yourself. 
That's so poetic. Wow. I love that. I loved how you phrased everything. And you also kind of touched upon our next question. Um, what would you say the difference is between religion and spirituality? Well, you know, religion is it's very it's organized and it gives you like a structure. There's a really firm structure. I grew up really Catholic, hardcore Catholic. I even taught CCD, which is Catholic education, which surprises people. But I'm one of these people. I'm not a religious person at all, by the way. And I, I did not have a bad religious upbringing. I mean, my parents were really like corny and stupid about it. But I had a wonderful priest, Father Dooley. And Father Dooley was kind. He was really compassionate. He was super into like more intuitive things, very open minded. I grew up with that. So I never had one of these terrible experiences, even though my parents, I didn't go along with what they were into because they were really religious. And it's like, yeah, but you're a hypocrite. So uh, this doesn't make sense. But the priest was really lovely. He was wonderful. So, you know, I didn't have, again, a terrible experience. And there's certain things about religion that I appreciate, but I've never been a religious person. I knew that when I was a little girl, when I was four years old, and it's a true story. <laughs> I have a rebellious streak from the right out of the womb. I came out of the womb feet first. So I am super rebellious. My mother said it was horrible. The worst birth of all four for kids. Oh, <laughs> yes. And I was the biggest baby. Poor but mom. I always, yeah, I know. I always had this rebellious streak. And when I was four years old, I remember being in church and I was like, I got real quiet. I was just listening to people talking and they were doing the prayers. And I remember so vividly, I said, Ooh, they sound like robots. I don't want to be a robot at four years old. So I went home then and I staged a protest. I said, I'm not going to church anymore. And I started walking around saying, I'm not going to church. And of course, my siblings started following along. I got in big trouble for that. Uh, I also got in big trouble because I used to play priests and hand out peanuts for communion. And my dad was like, you're a girl. You can't, you know, so all this stuff. And that was the way I perceived religion. It's like they're robots. I don't like that. I don't want to be a robot. Now, I look at religion as something that can really help people. It's structured. If you feel that you need to be in something more structured, where you have a community of people and you have certain rituals, for some people, it gives them so much meaning. It's so good for them. And for them, go for it. Whatever works for you to feel, again, closer to something greater than yourself, I'm all for it. So I don't have any issue with religion. I'm just not a religious person. And spirituality is different. Spirituality, I think, is more of a very individual. It's more like it's my own personal connection with something bigger. And it doesn't have a structure. You can't really define it. You can't contain it. It's bigger. It, it's, it's different. So have I had spiritual experiences in life? Yes. Have I had moments where I felt connected to something greater? Absolutely. Does it ever center around religion for me? Not for me. But like, for example, my sister's very religious. She's hardcore Catholic. Her kids are baptized. They go to all the church functions, et cetera, et cetera. That's her bag. It's just not for me. In terms of religion versus spirituality, I know religious people that are not spiritual. I know spiritual people that aren't religious. I know people that are both. And for me, I think it is a very individual thing. What makes me a little nervous is I find, and this may be a generalization, or this is just like my view with the people in my life. I find spiritual people are much more open and are much more, whatever the opposite of rigid yeah. is. <laughs> I find that 
Mm-hmm. Sometimes with some religious people, it can be very difficult to have a conversation with them or a, de- mm-hmm. a debate. Whereas yeah. a lot of people I know, either my friends or people in the spiritual community or what have you are much more open and willing to listen and, you know, very much, well, as long as you're not hurting anybody. Yeah. Great. Do you, you know, it's good to differentiate because they are, I think, very, very different things. They are different. And mm-hmm. my older brother is like, super like hardcore religious in a very different sense where we can't communicate at all because it's so rigid and the church that he belongs to you know it's anti-lgbtq and i i have a huge issue with that i can't go along with something like that i think if you are involved in a religion and i'm not trying to offend anybody but if it makes you hateful and if it makes you feel like you want to withhold things from poor people and tell women what to do and judge people who are different than you i think you need to really question that religion in my opinion and this again i go back to father dual it should be all about love like you should walk out of there saying I feel so loving right now. I want to give to the poor. I want to be just like Jesus or Buddha or whoever you're believing in. I want to do all these great things. You shouldn't walk out of there feeling like, yeah, I don't want to give taxes because I don't want to help someone who's poor. I mean, that just blows my mind. Who comes up with that? Or if somebody's different than you, if someone's different than you, aren't we supposed to like come together and try to understand each other at the very least? So I don't understand that. It's just people who don't practice what they preach because a lot of, you know, I, I grew up Catholic too. A lot of it is, you know, love thy neighbor and all of those things. A lot of them don't do it. Sometimes it feels like there's a little asterisk, like love your neighbor if they're X, Y, and Z. And if they're not, no, sorry, not allowed. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, um, I, I think, and I think now a lot of people, like, especially like, you know, me and Kathy's age and younger people are much more mm-hmm. open. Like I have friends who completely changed my mind on, uh, religious people. They're both very, very religious. They're very open, mm-hmm. very accepting. Yeah. They get very upset when people in their religion talk down about the queer community, they get very mm-hmm. upset. And it's funny, yeah. they actually belong to a church. There's a specific Bible verse that says something about tattoos and they're not, I don't know if pastor is the right word, but the person who gives the, not ceremony, who gives the service, um, he has that uh um bible verse like the number tattooed on him because he's just so like this was written in a very different time you know let's put things in context you know the main values and 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 all that the hypocrisy thing was really big to me because that's the other thing that i recognized early on that my parents were hypocrites and again my parents are both long gone i don't have any like bad feelings about them but they were hypocrites they go in church act pious and then go home and do like terrible things and I'm like, what is wrong? This doesn't add up. Or even kids that I went to school with that went to church, they'd be in there shaking your hand, peace be with you and all of that. And then at school, they were total shits and really mean to you. Now you're gonna be nice because yeah. you're here in front of the priest, but when we're in school, you're doing you're gonna all be these, terrible. <laughs> all these terrible mean <laughs> things. What are you learning from your church? You're getting nothing out of it. And I think anything that you're doing, if you're going to church, if you're working with tarot, astrology, any of these things, the goal should be to make you a better human and to make your life better and more meaningful. And if you're not getting that from your tarot, your astrology, or your religion, you gotta question that. 
Absolutely. So what is a spiritual practice and how can someone create one? You've talked about it's very, you know, individual to the person, but what are, what are some ways people can make one for themselves? Well, I think the thing with spiritual practices, again, you got to figure out what is going to make you feel good. What is going to make you feel connected to something bigger? Uh, Like, for example, I love yoga. Yoga would probably be as close to a spiritual practice as I get. And I remember the first time I did yoga, I had went in there because I have breathing issues. And my friend said, oh, go to yoga. You'll learn how to breathe. Like, yeah, whatever. All right. And I went there and I walked out I'm like, wow, my body feels good, but I feel better mentally. I feel better spiritually. I went home. I did the best readings of my life. I'm like, okay, this really recentered my vibe. So I've been a yoga practitioner now for a very long time. Uh, because that made me feel good. I was in my body. I felt, again, connected to something better. I didn't feel like a bitch. You know, I felt like, oh, my God, I feel nice now. So uh, and one of the things I always laugh, I said, I walked out of there thinking, damn, I thought I had no mental problems. I like, guess I do because I feel so much better. You know, and so that is what I like to do is I like to do some yoga every day. It just every day I know if I do it, I'm going to feel better. I'm going to feel centered. I'm going to show up as a better version of me. And what does it mean for that as a spiritual practice? It means setting aside some time to get on the mat and to move my body and to stretch and to also meditate that. And then at the end, I always like to say like a little prayer. That's my way of getting ready for the day. So that is what works for me. It may be different for you. Maybe it is like once a month. On the full moon, you have some kind of a ritual that you like to create for yourself. And that could be lighting candles. It could be, again, doing a meditation. It's really different for everybody. But I think the most important thing is that you have to figure out what is going to work for you, what aligns with your philosophy, and then create some kind of a structure that works for you, but is also flexible enough for those times when maybe you're you're too busy. You know, because sometimes um, people also, they get real busy. They feel guilty if they don't have a practice. I'm like, listen, you don't need to have something that structured. Create some flexibility. You can pray on the go. You can do your affirmations while you're brushing your damn teeth. So you can always fit in time for spiritual stuff. Same like with tarot. I think pulling a card for the day is a great practice. Pull it one every morning. Jot down what you think that means for your day. At the end of the day, revisit it. Journal about it. How did my day go? How did this show up? How did I show up? Did that card mean what I thought it meant? That also is a spiritual practice and it's consistency that will A, help you to learn it, but also B, really help you to get into that mindfulness, that being aware of how you're feeling and how you're dealing. I am that person when I miss something like I do, I personally do new and full moon uh, circles with an online community I'm a part of shout out the Donis. Um, and it's great, but if I miss it or can't go, or if I forgot to do a step, I beat myself up so much. And then I'm like, well, now the energy is all out of whack and blah, 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 blah. And then I always try to remind myself, like, it's okay. Real life happens. Sometimes it gets in the way, like you're going to ruin the energy if you're all in a huff. So I can totally relate to that and just, you know, adjusting and every month's different. Some months you're going to be on vacation. I remember during a full moon, I was going away for the weekend and I was like, okay, I'm going to bring a deck and I'm going to bring a candle and that's it. Cause I'm not going to bring a whole, you know, 
all my crystals and this and that. And I could, I mean, I could, but I would need a whole other suitcase, but you know, and I just kind of <laughs> like, I made it work. And I was like, okay, I'm going to look at the moon. I'm going to go bathe myself under the moon for a bit. I'll light a candle, give myself a tarot reading of my other friends wanted. I'm a very like baby, baby, baby tarot reader. Um, but whenever I pull out a deck, my friends are like, Oh, can I, can I? And then at one, one time, okay off on a little, little tangent. Um, but I was at a, a friend's party and I brought my tarot cards cause they asked me. And so I was, I was sober. I will never read for drunk people ever again, ever again. <laughs> you're like, shit. You're like, no, uh, I know never. <laughs> so everyone, everyone that came in was like a little tipsy except for the first few people, but it got to the point where everyone kind of heard that I was doing these readings. And I had to tell my friend, Paulina, I was like, I'm closed. I was like, I've read for like four people. I'm done. I was like, I'm tired. I want to go enjoy the party. And also too, I was so tired. I was exhausted. And the other thing I will say, because you know, I'm getting to a certain stage in my life where, you know, when you've been around the rodeo before and you've done all those things, sometimes you realize, you know, I don't have to do everything. It's okay if I skip something. Like the other day I had these really great aspects. I'm like, wow, this would be a great time to do a spell. And then I forgot about it because I got busy making chicken and dumplings. And I'm like, oh, this dinner was so good. Oh my God, I should have done it. Well, yeah, whatever. The chicken and dumplings are so good and you know sometimes life is like that you can't plan everything out all the way down to a t and sometimes you're going to slip up you're going to miss something don't beat yourself up i think one of the most spiritual things you could do is be kinder to yourself so true we could we could all do that a little more especially nowadays where everyone's just constantly beating ourselves up yeah everyone's so mean oh my gosh oh especially online yes online to each other like i was looking at somebody my husband said have you seen what this person's posting i'm like i never go on facebook that's a toxic environment yeah but i went and looked and it's somebody who's a mutual like acquaintance of ours and they were posting this stuff and i'm like what the hell happened to this person? I mean, if people, and this is someone also who's supposedly spiritual. And like I said, if your spirituality is making you mean, well, we got a problem, Houston. This is not good. This is not good. That's, you should not be, become meaner. Mm-mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you got to uh, check yourself if you're a mean person. <laughs> also too, don't use general. your spirituality to make yourself high and mighty. Like Some people like to hoard the knowledge because it's more about ego and i find those are the most boring people (laughs) oh great you know everything now you're gonna bore me with this terrible discussion i don't want to talk about that i want to talk about 90 day fiance yes boring conversation so i can't stand that and also by the way you're never too old to learn nobody has all the knowledge that's like so much ego so creating a practice can get expensive by buying decks taking classes what are some budget-friendly ways people can learn or get involved with the metaphysical? Well, number one, the internet is free. And you can go on the internet and you can find lots of great resources. Like, let's say tarot is the thing you want to do for your spiritual practice. You can find so many databases with tarot card meanings, instructions. Uh, a Joan Bunning has a, a learn the tarot free thing. You know, so you can find so many things for free. Also, libraries sometimes have books on spirituality, Wicca, uh, Buddhism, tarot, astrology. Your library is free. So that's another resource that is really going to help you. There are also people who are looking to give away books and decks. So sometimes you can find free swaps. There are also meetups that may be happening in your town 
uh, that might also be free or low cost. And that's a great way to connect with other people that have similar interests. So there's a lot of ways that you could do it. I mean, listen, first of all, I was really poor when I was a kid. We did not have a lot of money. And I had an allowance, but I had to save up for the things I wanted. And all I had was one deck and one astrology book. And that's what I had, and that's what I had to go on. So, you know, you can also minimize, get one deck that you really love, and get maybe one book that you feel is going to give you a good foundation, and then supplement that with online. You don't need to spend a lot of money to connect with spirit. Listen, you don't have to spend any money. You can go out in nature and look for signs. You'll find the signs all around you. You just got to pay attention. Exactly. The amount I learned on Instagram about tarot and astrology, literally every, I have different saved folders and I learn, I'm like, okay, the new moon's in Pisces. And I follow literally probably like 80 spiritual accounts or tarot, astrology, whatever. And I save them all. And then I read through them before the new moon or the full moon or whatever. Or if I want to learn about aspects, I've learned so much just on Instagram. Some go into crystal work. Some are all about tarot. Mm -hmm. Some are all about your signs. Again, to the chakras, the houses, the even just shout out to your website. Your website literally has all the the definitions and what the different cards mean. So if you just go to the tarolady.com and you can literally learn tarot right there, y'all. <laughs> Seriously. There's so many great people that are teaching now and putting out that free content. I mean, I learn all the time. I never stop learning. And there's all different perspectives too. And that's the other thing you got to remember. I mean, this stuff is vast. It's not like just you take one six-week course and now you're an expert. You're never an expert. You're still learning. And there are people like on, on Instagram, I love that you mentioned it. Aliza Kelly is great. Uh, uh, Queer Cosmos, Colin Bedell is great. These are people you're going to learn a lot of things from if you follow them. Uh, as far as tarot is concerned, there's so many tarot people that you can also learn things from. Uh, you know, I love Benabelle Wen. She's always got something interesting and intellectual to say. So you can find all, all, all this stuff all over the place for free. For free. You also don't have to have 500 decks. No. Oh, listen, <laughs> I probably have 500 decks, but you know, if I'm going to read, I always go back to the Rider Waite Smith deck. But you can also write those off for taxes, right? Yes. And yeah, the exactly. books. Ooh. And if you go to conferences, you can write that <gasps> off because that's part Ooh. of your tarot education. Right. Because, and also, you know, I take education very seriously. I believe you should be a perpetual student. Like, for example, the tarot school, I'm a huge fan of theirs. You want to learn tarot from some wise elders, you sign up at the tarot school. They have free resources. They do a conference. You can write that stuff off if you are a professional. That's really smart. That's your loophole. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Yeah. Yeah. What are some red flags that people should look out for when it comes to tarot readers, psychics, mediums, you know, anything like that? Anyone that tries to encourage dependency should be a number one red flag. Because the goal with tarot and astrology, when you go to a reading, listen, when I go to a reading, I want to give you the information that go live your life. I don't want you calling me every week because you're having like some kind of a tarot meltdown. I don't think that's healthy. Um, you know, sometimes I would have people that really want it to be dependent. And I would say, you got to give it six months. You cannot come this often. That's not healthy for you. And, you know, that would make them upset, but it's for their own good. So, you know, like, and I could always tell when it was someone who had a dependent streak, because the first thing they would say, so how often can I come and see you? As soon as you ask that question, once a year, that's enough for you. 
So I was very hardcore with that. I think you have to be careful about people who do that. I think you also, if somebody is telling you that um, you've got a curse on you and only they can remove it, that is a red flag. That means you're about to get ripped off. Uh, if you have people, when you walk out of the reading, you feel like garbage, that's a problem. That Listen, first of all, a reader should always tell you the truth, but they should give you actionable steps if something negative shows up in the reading so you can move past that. If you walk out of there and say, wow, I guess I'm screwed, that is not a good reading. That's a problem. If you have somebody also that talks like, if you go to an astrologer who talks what I call astrobabble and you don't understand a damn word of what they're saying, that's a problem. Now you're, you're going to walk out of there feeling, what the hell did that person just say? You know, so there's so many different things to look out for. But I think the most important thing, watch out for someone who encourages dependency. Watch out for someone who solicits you. Uh, and I'm not talking like you sign up for a newsletter and you get a newsletter. I'm talking someone showing up in your inbox. Hey, it's been a while since you've had a reading, Kathy. Don't you think it's about time? I, I got a, a message from the, my guides. I, I mean, you want to watch out for, for crap like that. Uh, you also want to be careful of anybody who, again, is trying to uh, make you uncomfortable in any way. You should feel comfortable with your reader. You should feel like you're getting a good service. You should feel like that reader knows what the hell they're doing. There's a whole bunch of people out now out there now who are monetizing their hobby. And I wrote about this recently on the blog. They don't know what the hell they're doing. And they're giving readings that are very damaging because they don't know what the hell they're doing. And there are people walking away really troubled because they got a reading from an inexperienced person who doesn't know how to relay the information in a compassionate way. So, I mean, those are just some of the things, but I think the biggest thing to watch out for dependency. I would have never thought of dependency yeah. as a red flag. That's also really interesting that you had people getting dependent on you. Not that you're not amazing, but like, that's so, did that freak you out? Well, for me, I don't, I, I'm not one of those types of people that really encourage that. Now, listen, there's sometimes where somebody needs more readings. And let me tell you, if you are going through an incredibly hard time, maybe you need a few more readings, but you don't need to be doing it all the time. You don't need to be hitting it like that. And I will gently stop that. Uh, sometimes when I work with business people in the past, when they're going through a lot of changes in their business, that's different because it's not like you're noodling over some X. You know, it's like, okay, we're, we're, we're making this big change now and the stock market, blah, blah, blah. What's the energy like? That's different. You might get a little bit more readings at that time. But again, I discourage that. I am like, you don't need to come. I already told you what you need to know. You know, it's like, that's why I'm with my kids. Mm -hmm. I told you what to do. Go do it. Go clean your goddamn room. You know, why do you need to be told again? So it, it really comes down to me making sure that people are taking responsibility for their lives. Uh, sometimes also too, tarot and astrologers, they mean well, but they start taking on a role where they're maybe projecting their own crap onto you. You got to be careful of that. Uh, you got to be careful about people trying to, again, take responsibility for your life. So dependency is a big, big huge red flag have you ever gotten a reading mm -hmm. kathy no never no never i've never. all the readings i've gotten have been i'm trying to think i think they've all been like great like awesome for the most part but i vet my people i've had friends who have had really bad experiences with readers um, oh my god i have too i've had terrible experiences yeah i have i I had a friend who the reader said that they had a miscarriage and my friend was like, I've never been pregnant. And then the reader was like, well, you didn't know you were pregnant. See, no that's way. 
And my friend was like, and then my friend had like a whole, it was, yeah, it was not, but my friend was like, why would you also too? It's like, there's some stuff, even if that's true, I feel like the universe, you you don't need to know that. Like, I feel like when you go to, yeah, yeah, but also it's like, that was, it's completely inappropriate. Cause also, again, she doesn't know your friend's purse, like health history. And also she's prying into something that maybe that person doesn't want to talk about. Yeah. True. True. And that's another thing, you know you're not you shouldn't be prying into stuff like you know if i get a reading from somebody always what i tell them is like look i don't want to hear a thing about my love life because it's fine and i don't i never have trouble with my love life so i never want to hear about it Mm -hmm. and i don't want to hear about my health because i'm superstitious about that i don't want to hear anything Mm -hmm. i want to talk about business i want to talk about i want to make sure my kids are doing fine i don't want to talk about money that's it and so I'm very clear about what I want to talk about, what I don't mm-hmm. want to talk about. And I think that right away sets the tone so the reader knows, okay, these are some topics this person doesn't want to know about. Mm-hmm. And the more clear you are with your reader, the less likely you're going to get a useless reading. I mean, you would not believe how many readers want to talk about my damn love life. I'm like, why do you assume I have this Because <laughs> it's popular. Of- Everyone wants to know right. about their love life. Everyone yeah. going into a reading. I know, like- but... It's like, why do you assume I have some scandalous thing going on? I've been with the same person 30 years. We're super happy. I've never had trouble finding love. This isn't a topic I'm ever interested in, ever. Mm-hmm. Probably because I've never had a problem with it, you know? Yeah. I, that doesn't mean I've had, I've had had bad relationships. If back in the day, I've, I've had readings where I asked about a specific person. But if you were just going to come out and start talking about something like that, when I didn't ask about that, I'm like, ew. So I'm yeah. always very upfront about what I want. I don't want to get led into some kind of a rabbit hole. I went to a reader once. Oh my God, this was so terrible. And this person had done a reading for uh, one of my clients and gave her this terrible reading. And she goes, could you go check her out? I said, yeah, I'll go see if I think she's legit. So one of my friends and I went to see this woman and this woman right away starts talking about my love life. Of course. And she started telling me, oh, you just got dumped. And the guy was all oh, lies. Come on. But yeah. And at that point, I'd been with my husband for like a decade. I'm like, uh, okay. And so she's like telling me all this stuff. She goes, yeah, you need to learn how to have a relationship. And I mean, it was just really weird. She told me I don't know how to have relationships with people. It's like, I'm still friends with my high school friends. I have really long-term friendships, long-term relationship, great relationship with my kids from the first marriage. I mean, it was like, what the hell are you talking about? And so it was super negative. And then my friend sits down and she goes, oh, do you want to listen to each Are you going to listen to each other? We're like, yeah, we don't have anything to hide. Because again, it's a long-term friend. And she starts doing a reading for my friend. And my friend is really beautiful, like playboy beautiful. And so she's like, don't ever get married because you're just going to go from man to man to man. <gasps> and my friend is like, uh, okay. And then she says, oh, and you've got a friend around you who's a liar and she's got long dark hair she's starting mm-hmm. drama i know it was so anyhow we got our reads we got out of there and i looked oh at her God. like what the hell was that this is obviously someone who's wow. very angry yes who uh-huh. doesn't like other women who doesn't yeah. like relationships who feels threatened by someone who's beautiful like my mm-hmm. friend and my friend says and she even tried to get us in a fight i'm like what the hell that's crazy i mean it was nuts i mean i'm curious so with i don't want to say professionals like i don't with like people like this do they just take it out of their ass or something like 
<laughs> I, I don't, I think they're unskilled. And I think a lot of times they're projecting their own crap onto people. And by the way, if you are somebody who's going through a hard time, sometimes having someone give you a really negative reading like that, it will plug you in and it makes you dependent then. They might hit on one thing and suddenly you're like, oh my God, that's right, I did get dumped. This is terrible. Uh, you know, and then suddenly now you're in a really vulnerable position and people like that, they prey on vulnerable people. They don't want, you know, and there's also like a whole bunch of tarot readers now that are really into trauma. I mean, big time traumas in and some of these people, and I've worked with trauma clients going through a lot of trauma over my lives over all the years that I read uh, for clients, but they don't really want them to get well. They want a trauma bond. And that's a way again of making the person dependent. And so I've, I've like somebody came to me with one of the readings they got from one of these people. I'm like, oh my God, that is not someone who wants you to get well with this trauma. You need therapy. Stop going to that reader. Don't go to them. They've got all kinds of trauma. They're projecting their crap onto you. This is unhealthy. And this is one thing I also want to get to. If, if you're going to become a pro in this field, you better get your act together because you are, you are dealing with people's lives and you need to take it seriously. And you can't just be saying anything off the top of your head. And you have to be compassionate. You have to also know some things are not in your wheelhouse. You are not a licensed therapist. You need to be steering people in the right direction. I think it's very serious work. And too many people, they take it very flippantly. They think it's easy money. Or they think somehow, well, I've got all these problems and I'm going to work it out in the cards and now I'm going to work it out on these other people. And it is pretty horrifying. Yeah, I think people like to scratch the scabs because it's an emotional thing and people will get, I mean, like the three, it's so funny because the three things you said you don't like to hear about are things that everyone likes to know about health, money, and love. So when you probably go to a reader, if they're not good, they're probably like, oh, well, okay, I got to really like rework whatever. But yeah. yeah, I think people definitely are trying to like scratch that itch and get people emotionally involved because then now they're on the hook. Yes. Now, if, if they get you onto something like that, uh, because, okay, now we're both bonding over trauma and now you're feeling something and you're getting emotional during your reading, now you're hooked. And really, it look, you're going to get emotional sometimes during a reading, but a good reader is going to give you the space to breathe, to talk things out. We're going to work with the cards to look at how we can help you. And we're also going to, if you are having trauma, point you in the direction of the licensed professionals who are going to help you. We're not going to take that role on because we're not supposed to. That's Amen. good ethics. Yeah, seriously. Absolutely. Um, so when should you not seek a tarot reader or a psychic or something like that? Are there any situations where it's like best to not, I don't know, any life situations, I guess? If you are really worried about what you're going to hear, don't go. Really, don't go. As simple as that. Like, for example, if I had a health thing going on, let's pretend, I would never get a tarot reading then. Because it's the same thing. Like, I go to WebMD. You know what happens when I go to WebMD? Yeah. When I'm going there because, oh, I got a stomach ache. I look it up. Suddenly, I'm convinced I have cancer and something yeah. horrible coming up. And now I'm awake and I'm really stressing until I go to the doctor and find out, it's just a stomach ache. So if there's something that's really freaking you out, it's, first of all, you're probably not going to be objective or in the right frame of mind to hear what the reader says. And also, if you get an answer that you don't like, well, now you might have a new problem. So I think you've got to be really careful about 
your own state of mind. I don't think you should get a reading if you're drunk, if you're high. Leave it alone. You're not going to hear anything anyways. You know, there's certain things. It's going to depend on your emotional state. Also, if you only want to hear one thing a certain way, you should, probably should be getting a tarot reading. I had a woman come to me once. You can see my face right now. So she got a reading for me. She wanted to know about this guy if he was going to come back, which, by the way, is my most hated question. And because I'm one of those people, look, once I'm done in a relationship, it's done. Bye, sayonara, moving on. There are so many people in the world. Why would I want to be hung up on one person? So that's my life philosophy, and I don't really understand. And it's not me not being compassionate. It's like that's not the only fish in the sea. So anyhow, but she thought this guy was the only fish in the sea. And she goes, is he coming back? And I look at my cousin and said, this doesn't look really favorable. It looks like this dude is long gone. I don't see it happening. You know, what's the story here? And she goes, well, I've been waiting 20 years for him to come back. And every other reader that I've went to told me he's coming back. And you're the first one who didn't. She was really angry at me. And you know what? I know I was the only one who was right. She didn't want to hear it. 20 years? Oh, yeah. Wow. And over 20 years, she's been getting readings for over 20 years. Oh asking if he's going to come back and these readers entertained her notion and told her yes and i'm the one who said meanwhile he's probably like married to someone else with like five kids. oh yeah <laughs> oh, yeah wow. and there's times also as a reader where you have to be recognizing that there's some clients that you probably shouldn't be working with i had a woman that used to come to me and she was with a really abusive man and this man would beat her and then he would dump her he would go cheat on her she would always come when he cheated and she would want to know, is he going to come back? And the cards always showed that he's going to come back. It's going to be exactly the same it was. And he's going to leave again. She didn't care. She heard that one thing is coming back. And he would come back. And then there would be the violence. And then he would cheat and leave. And then she would come in for a reading. So the last time I saw her, she comes in, it's the same thing. And I'm, I'm pretty disgusted by now. Not because I'm, I'm, you know, whatever, it's your life. But this is wasting my time now. And so I lay out the cards. It shows the same thing. I said, listen, this guy's beating you and cheating on you. Why on earth do you keep wanting this dude to come back? And she goes, I was abused all my life. This is what I'm used to. This is what I want. I'm like, okay, I'm firing you as a client because I cannot, for my own mental health, I cannot condone this. I am not going to help you to have this fantasy and promote you being with somebody like this. This is sick. This is toxic. You need to get help. And I'm not reading for you anymore. That was it. That's so sad. Wow. It's terribly sad, but this was over many years that I saw this woman. Oh, it wasn't, man. It wasn't like, you know, three readings. Yeah. This was like a couple of years. And I just, at the, I'm like, finally, I'm like, this is not good for you or brain. Right. Yeah. Well, and you can't help someone who doesn't want to be helped. Yeah. And anything and yeah. you tell her yeah. isn't going to not make like, I guess it's not really going to make an impression or anything, mm -hmm. you know, if you're just in this situation and that's so sad though. I hope she's oh, okay. Yeah. It was heartbreaking. And then there, there's also people that get a reading and they think they're going to sit around and now things are just going to happen to them. It's like, that's not the way it works. And this is oftentimes you'll see this with love readings. Someone will get a reading. Well, I meet somebody. Yeah. You're going to meet somebody. And then the next time, Oh, I didn't meet anybody. Well, did you get out of the house? Well, yeah, I did. I went on a couple of dates. So you did meet people, but nothing worked. So technically you did. You got to be specific nah. with your question. <laughs> right. Or am I going to meet someone? Sure. Did you meet somebody? No. Did you go out? Did you try to meet it? No, I didn't do anything. I, I was just hoping I was going to run into them. I, you know, I shouldn't have to have a strategy for love. I what was just hoping they it? would fall down from the sky. Yeah, they just <laughs> fell through my roof and there they are.
that only happens in santa claus movies true <laughs> i always tell i always tell like when i when i'm giving readings like especially to people that haven't like gotten one before i always say you know if the cards say yeah you'll get the job you still have to apply like <laughs> you know yes. if you want to win the lottery you have to buy a ticket you know exactly yeah. you've got to do your part yeah and again when you get a reading it shows the energy the potential where things are heading based on where you are right now. You can change it if you don't like where it's going, but also if you like where it's going, you want to keep working towards that goal. Hi, grownups. It's your host, Genevieve here. Just coming in to let you know that this is the end of part one of our lovely episode with Teresa Reed, AKA the tarot lady. Part two will be coming out next week. So make sure to keep an eye out. Thanks.